Hey everyone, and welcome to the Ace, aka the Atomic Cinema Experiment. I am Peter, and that is Tara. Greetings, citizens. This is our new sci-fi movie show, in which it's a lot like Screams After Midnight, which is a horror movie show that I do with Tim, except we talk about sci-fi movies. We watch a movie, we discuss it, we'll start spoiler-free, we'll give you a warning before we go into spoilers. That's how we'll roll. It's that simple. It's basically the same thing that's already on this channel. Uh, unless you listen to the audio feed, in which case you've never heard of Mail Fuzz TV before. Because this is, of course, brought to you by Mail Fuzz TV. In which case, yeah, we watch a movie and we talk about it. It's pretty straightforward. We're talking mm-hmm. about The Day the Earth Stood Still, the original 1951 classic uh, to kick off this show. Uh, some movies will be newer, some will be older, but the one thing tying them together is sci-fi. Um, as much as uh, it dismays me, because Tara snuck a couple of really weird stupid films on the list that i might have stretched science fiction a little bit (laughs) i did draw the line at creed though you couldn't argue that creed was sci-fi okay but i'm still gonna watch it maybe every week what you ain't watch isn't it kind of science fiction that there can be a seventh rocky film and stallone would get an oscar nomination for it that seems a little science fiction to me we should probably add that to the list let's do next week (laughs) I mean, I can't argue with that logic. <laughs> but <laughs> that, to me, that says real life is science fiction more than more than the film science fiction. So, there they are stood still, classic sci-fi. Um, as I said, we'll start spoiler-free. We'll give you a warning before we go into spoilers somewhere in the middle. Um, although it's a pretty old movie, of course. But, I mean, still, I, I, I often like to operate under the, the pretense that even old movies, like... Sure, there's a, there's a there's a there's a window sure where you, you don't have to be as protective of spoilers, but I still firmly believe in giving people the option of opting out if they want to try and avoid them. Sure, maybe someone's just checking out reviews to see if it's worth watching. Yeah, who knows? What I'm saying is, is don't be a dick and put the ending of the Sixth Sense in a headline. Like, sure, I will assume the article has spoilers in it, but don't put it in a headline. Be considerate <laughs> of people. You know. I am 100% on board. Yeah, there you go. Yes, uh, so test subject one is, is Day the Air Stood Still. Uh, had you seen this before? No, um, but I had seen the remake, although I will say watching this movie, the 1951 version, I had no idea what was coming up next. So clearly the remake did not stick with me at all. <laughs> yeah, I saw the remake at some point and I remember it getting a lot more apocalyptic. Like I remember it being like a big CGI yeah, action Yeah, there fest. like... There were like nanites that floated around at one point. Does maybe, that sound right? Or maybe like a virus? I don't remember. I remember Klaatu being intimidating. I'm but fa- nothing else. I'm fairly certain someone said Klaatu sounds a lot like Keanu. That's just Kias Keanu Reeves. Oh, I meant Gort. I meant Gort was intimidating. Sure, sure. Gort is a silly name for a robot, but it's... Uh, I remember Gort being more intimidating in the remake, but I don't remember anything else. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. It's truly forgettable. Yeah, forgettable, <laughs> definitely not good. I, I can't really say much about it. But we're looking at the classic today, and obviously it's a 1950s film, but it's definitely a lot more restrained than I think a lot of you know, 50s sci-fi is. There's not no big creatures. You know, the, the most ridiculous thing is the robot himself. He's pretty simplistic, though, in design. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that stuff in a bit, but the, the basic premise of Daily, Daily Earth Still is that a spaceship shows up, uh, it flies around the world a little bit, lands in Washington, and they, you know, they show up, and he's here, the, the, you know, the alien comes off, he looks like a human being, 
comes off the ship, he's got a robot there, and he's here to talk to all the world leaders. He wants a meeting with every nation uh, to give them a message. But they treat him as hostile, and eventually he ends up on the run, and it becomes a bit of a game of cat and mouse with him on the run, trying to arrange some sort of meeting, whilst also avoiding the authorities, and some humans help him along the way. So that is the, the basic premise of Data Still. So as with any good sci-fi, there's a moral to it. Um, arguably this one doesn't even try to shield its moral, it's very out in the open, it's, there's no subtext here, it's just this is what it is. This is the mm-hmm. message. It's a little bonk-bonk on the head, like from the beginning. Yeah. Do you know what the sad part is, though? Is that at no point mm-hmm. does it feel heavy-handed because it's still everything it's talking about is still relevant. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. You're so right. And, uh, uh, yeah, relevant, it holds up really well. And, I don't know, even though it's... Even though... I don't know. It, so- it's... It's great. <laughs> if you want my opinion of it, it's really, really great. And I, I want more. I want to say more, but I'm going to wait till spoilers. Yeah, for... <laughs> there's a couple of technical things that maybe have dated it a little bit, but ultimately, like the message, because this is steeped, you know, early Cold War, right? This is an early Cold War movie. Mm-hmm. That's there's clear. a whole lot of paranoia. Yeah, they're, they're talking about that stuff. Clearly, they're referring to the Cold War, but even though the Cold War is not exactly a thing anymore. It's everything's still relevant. The fact that they like there's rumors spreading that he's this dangerous being. You know, he's a monster. He should be locked in a cage. And everything we've seen of him is like, no, he's polite. He's pleasant. He's, he's he wants to mm-hmm. talk to people. Is like he looks like us. Like he's just a normal, attractive guy walking around. You know, he wants yeah. a meeting with people, and everyone at every single turn, the guy you know comes from the White House, the secretary. He's like, this is just not possible. He just he just they just keep saying yeah. no to him, and I'm like, just listen to him. <laughs> This is the most frustrated I've been watching a, a film in a while because mm. I was just so angry and frustrated the whole time. But you know what? It was also totally realistic. Like, yes, yeah, it, it's yeah, it, it's exactly correct on how we would respond to something like that to a global threat. With, and with the one exception being, I felt like the actual welcoming party when the lands was really small. I feel like. If it was more accurate, there'd be like a quarantine tent set up around side it. There'd be, you know, probably five yeah. times as many troops, maybe even ten times as many. It would be. And I will say, like, even when he comes out of the ship, like, yeah, he's totally friendly and he's not giving off, like, any indication that he's there to hurt anybody. Except he is, like, wearing a mask so you can't see what he's doing. And he walks out and then he holds this thing that does kind of look like a gun. <laughs> It, yeah, it has. So like, I can, it has and it even like it. has a yeah. surprise trigger thing to it, and he doesn't have any explanation. He just kind of walks up and gives this demonstration. So, I mean, that was a little bit threatening. It was, but at the same time, like someone with an itchy trigger finger pulling, you know, just shooting someone who happens to hold something in their hand, again, felt very. Also very relevant. Relevant, yeah. It felt like, yeah, of course. I, th- 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 like for, I, I'm talking about the scale feeling a little bit small, and I think that's just because it's a movie in the fifties. They didn't, you know, have the the amount of extras. <laughs> they didn't have, you know, this or that, or like that's all just like technical of the time stuff. The actual story, the actual content, you know, take out the fifties dialogue where they're a bit more, go- you know, golly, sir, you know, <laughs> things like that. You take that out. This movie is still super relevant and hasn't Solid. aged. Yeah, like yeah, it still works. Film. Mm-hmm. So 
Um, so it's got the moral. He's a very likable character. You feel frustrated, and I think it there's something really neat where it puts you in his shoes rather than the, the humanity shoes. Like you, you're with him the whole movie. Mm-hmm. You you care about him. You you're on his side. You're frustrated from his point of view. Yeah, and I like the pairing between him and the uh, the boy, uh, whose name I can't remember. Uh, Bobby, but I think. He... Bobby. That sounds like a fifties young man name. <laughs> So it, when Klaatu and, and Bobby were together, those were really good scenes. And I actually thought the dialogue was very well written, very smart. And uh, I liked the kid actor too, which I don't normally, <laughs> usually kid actors have a little bit of a handicap. They have to catch up because they're generally terrible. But he was really, you know, he was really great. It was a good uh, good dialogue between them. I liked the, uh, the tour of the Arlington Cemetery that he takes them on. And he explains that he, we don't have cemeteries where we come from, or we don't have them like this because we don't have wars. And Bobby, who lost his dad to a war, is like, oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, I love the way he says that. Like, that. That's a good idea. That sounds good. And do, do you know what I like about this? Is this, this kind of idea that, like, as kids, when we look at things in a much more simplistic way, we're, we're actually mm-hmm. almost better to judge things morally than we are as adults because adults make, make everything complicated. And like, mm-hmm. oh, we can't do that because that breaks this rule. We can't do that because that's, you know, the money, you know, we can't break that trade agreement because of this. And it, like, there's so many, like, things that complicate so, things as adults. Yeah, but the kid gets it. The, the kid's like, yeah. yeah, no wars. That sounds great. <laughs> Let's just not do it. <laughs> wow, well, we do that. That sounds fun. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a great idea. So, like, I think that's what the kid added to the film. It was this idea of, like, we we can, like, understand the way he's speaking, but we almost, we become too cynical and jaded growing up. We, we For some reason, we convince ourselves the world has to be this way. Uh, right. And it doesn't. And the kid's I like, think a, yeah. I think a great reflection of that in the movie also is the use of the media. Mm. Like, uh, when he's at the... Um, like boarding house and like the older guys listening to the radio and it's clearly some like propaganda station about how it's Russia that sent things and super negative and everyone should be worried and uh, where's this going to lead us to other countries at war again and you know it's just automatic negative and accusatory and then when they're at the uh, when they go back to the flying saucer just Klaatu and the boy and everyone just thinks he's a regular guy. And the, the guy with the microphone who's interviewing everybody, like, so are you afraid? Tell me about how afraid you are. And they're like, oh, my God, yeah. Uh, what does this mean? Is it the Russians? And then when they come to him and ask for his response, and he starts to say something like, well, I am afraid, but not for the reasons you think. I'm afraid of people who use fear as a tool or something on those lines. Yeah. There's a really great line. I wish I wrote it down. And like immediately, the media guy is just not interested, and he moves on. That's like, not a soundbite. I can't sell, you know, broadcast. Right, he's that. just there to fearmonger to push that. And again, it's just, I mean, this movie, even though it was remade, I could say could just be released today, and it would be just as relevant and significant. Yeah. And you know, there's too many parallels. It's, it's 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 shocking. It's almost like it feels like you feel almost helpless watching this from the fifties. Like people clearly were trying to combat this type of fear mongering, this type of thinking in the fifties, and we're still putting up with it. Which means that ultimately they failed. And it's like, so can we actually do better? <laughs> like, are we screwed? <laughs> that you know, in seventy years, because it's almost. I mean, in in mm-hmm. what two years' time, this is seventy years old. Uh, wow. Like yeah. 
I don't know. It's kind of de- it's depressing in that sense. But it's it's hopeful. <laughs> One of the things I like about this movie, um, I, I don't know if you would describe yourself as a Superman fan, would you? Um, sure. I was when I was a kid. I mean, certainly don't read the comics. Sure, sure. Uh, but I, I, I liked all the movies when I was a kid. I say that because there's a lot of people who, who people who even like superheroes think Superman is lame. Like, oh, Superman's the boring Boy Scout and blah, blah, blah. To me, this movie is a Superman movie. Not because he's an alien, even though that obviously lines up with Superman, but this idea that he is just like, no, be better. Let's, let's, let's just do the right thing. And everyone keeps saying, no, why? this is why we can't do this. No, we can't do this for this reason and that reason. He's like, no, just be good. Like, mm-hmm. like that's the challenge is don't give in to the, the, the pre-established notions that you've built for yourselves. Just be good. <laughs> and everyone... There, there is seriously, yeah. there's no reason why the world can't give in to his requests, like from the beginning, mm-hmm. except for these false barriers that we put up. Exactly. Like all he asks for is an audience, but not, he doesn't want to give an audience to one person, not the president of the U.S. or... Um, or of Russia, or I guess the Soviet Union, <laughs> or um, like not to any one person or one nation. He wants to give an address to the whole nation. And he even brings up the United Nations, which they kind of admit, well, they're not really leaders. Like, <laughs> there's we put that up there, but yeah, nobody really takes it serious. <laughs> like, like, even right, right after World War II, when it was established and it's still not being taken seriously. So that's kind of an interesting parallel, too. Yeah. Anyway, it's it is like that, 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 that. To me, that's kind of what this is. It's a, it's about cynicism versus this. And obviously, there's a lot of reasons why people will choose to not follow unless, like, because they have a their own like leanings or agendas, or because they they don't it doesn't align with their narrative, so they don't want to believe it, or or so on and so forth. Uh, but again, like, this, to me, this comes back. This is a Superman. This is a Superman movie. Essentially, he's not flying around and saving people, but he, the message he's spreading and trying to combat this the the raw cynicism of the world is very mm-hmm. much that is because one of the reasons why and one of the things i like to bring up with superman is that when people say he's boring or he's dull i'm like first of all do you think it's easy or boring to actually maintain that level of of nobility because it's not mm-hmm. it's hard the amount of things it he is. has to resist it's and... hard to it's hard to make the right choice every time i think yeah or to do what's best yeah, and a big part of the character is not giving into the 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 cynicism and the way people think he should be and staying true mm-hmm. to his ideals no matter what. So one of my, one of my favorite elements of superheroes in general is that idea, uh, which is why huh. it shouldn't. I wonder change. if uh, I wonder if Zack Snyder read the same comics you did. I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt it. But so, you get that from the last film. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I I I bring that up because like to to me, Klaatu and the way he's treated by the world is very much. It's almost like a slightly more realistic version of Superman where instead of him being the superhero with the, the, the outfit and all that, he's just a person wanting to talk to them. And they just don't... It's it's almost like... A, just to bring in another superhero, it's like Batman's whole thing is like... Like, people need dramatic examples to shake them out of apathy. Like, he can't just do that as a man. He has to be this larger-than-life thing, right? Klaatu tries to just do this as a person. He just says, no, look, I'm here to give you a message as another being. Let me talk to you, and no one listens to him. If anything, this movie is proof of why, why in like superhero worlds they need the superheroes to exist because no one mm-hmm. listens to someone in a suit. No one cares. Yeah. Unle- yeah. Unless they're already saying what they want to hear, and then you have politicians and <laughs> a whole a whole line of thought I don't want to go into, but you know what I'm getting at. You're right. There's a um. I mean, since you're bringing up your favorite references, I'm gonna bring up Star Trek. 
because <laughs> there's a really great episode of the next generation called First Contact, where a, not to a be confused a, with the motion picture of the First the, Contact. Correct, yes. which is also the same crew. Yes, <laughs> but it's it's a uh, it's about like a, a civilization on a planet that is just about to uh, create warp speed, and so or break the warp barrier. So the Enterprise infiltrates and observes them for a little while because they want to make sure um, that they're there to greet them when they do, so they can make first contact. But they want to make sure that their society is ready for it yet, and that they'll accept aliens. And ultimately, they come to the decision that, oh, no, these people are too paranoid and too trigger-happy and too religious, and they're not ready for us. They're not ready for this technology hmm. yet. And um, it's clearly about humanity. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> like, humanity that's is not ready for an alien race to make first imagine... contact. And I think this movie is also trying to make that point, yeah, too, could, that could, we are not ready for this. Could you imagine, right? Probably my biggest fear in the world is that first contact happens while Trump is still in office. Just imagine, <laughs> imagine him being the one trying oh, man. to, <laughs> like, communicate. The minute he suggests to build a wall between us and, like, <laughs> the atmosphere, we're totally fucked. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to build a wall around the whole planet. Yeah. It's going to keep His the aliens will out. believe him. Yeah. They'll probably say, actually, we've already built it. And they'll be like, he's right, you see? <laughs> <laughs> but, like, yeah, that's his whole thing. Is basically, Earth is becoming too dangerous because we have... You know, I'm proud of us because the first movie we did actually had a mention of the word atomic in it. <laughs> I was like, yes, some brand. Because nice. he says, he mentions at one point to the, ther the, 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 the therapist, the... Uh, the, the, the I'll just say scientist. I was trying. I was going to be specific about his his actual profession, but I'll just say scientist. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll be safe. Uh, the physicist. There you go. That's what I was looking for. Um, he he says, "Oh, you you've got rudimentary atomic weapons." I'm like, "Yes, atomic." But you know, that's what it's about. It's like the, the, we've reached this point where you could start causing trouble on other planets if you you know you know if you're at this point now. In the grand scheme of things, it's not really going to be that long until you're maybe ready to go to the other planets. So he's there to like, hey. Sort yourselves out, because if mm -hmm. not, we may have to police you. <laughs> Otherwise, we don't care. You can yeah. do what you want. It's your planet. You you do your thing. But you become a danger to everyone else. That's it. And I think at this point, we'll say full spoilers, just so we can talk about all this stuff a bit more. Right, because we're getting we're getting borderline. So, because yeah. <laughs> that, that's that's kind of the purpose of the film. Uh, uh, so so yeah, full spoilers at the end of the film is like he finally before he leaves. There's a whole like drama where he's actually shot again. Of course he's shot. Of course, like human beings shoot him. <laughs> And he he but he, he's healed just long enough uh, to come out and like make his speech to not the world leaders but like all a, a lot of renowned scientists like the the one scientist he's talked to has got a gathering of all the the well renowned scientists and they're going to listen to him and hopefully convince the leaders to to do something uh, and he and that, that's kind of what I like about the the movie is it doesn't give it an easy happy ending like he's given his speech and he leaves and that's it that's the end but there's no like oh we vow to make a difference we vow to yeah. change things it's just no he made his speech he made it clear that the mm -hmm. path that we're on is not the right one and it's up to us to do something and we don't get to see that because that happy end has not happened yet it's not just that but th this is the warning he was trying to give in the beginning when he was trying to get all the world leaders to, to listen to him, it's like, look, you are in grave danger planetary wide. Like everybody is going to get wiped out if you guys screw this up because we 
already have this interplanetary deal that if anyone's in danger, we just wipe them out. It's like the maximum capital punishment is that your species and planet just gets annihilated if you break it. So clearly that's a message that you want to spread around. And he even says, like uh, Klaatu says, it's not a perfect system, but it works. And I kind of like that too. Like it's not a, like it, it doesn't, capital punishment for, for it doesn't really sound like a perfect system to me. No. But I like that the aliens don't really have things figured out either, but they have, because they have this atomic power energy that they can harness to, you know, destroy other worlds, they have to have these extreme measures. Um, they have to have this essentially, um, it's like a doomsday device, you know. It's a deterrent, yeah. Like, yeah, this deterrent, which is turns out the robots that they build. Yeah, they the do robots. That. I should talk about uh, a Gort because uh, obviously he's a big, big alien. I, I, I actually think this, this, the flying saucer, the spaceship, looks really good. I thought. Uh, yeah, I thought so too. And I think they and were it's really totally proud of copied it. for like movies for a long time after oh, that. Gosh, yeah. <laughs> but I think they were really proud of it because like, they, they did that thing where it opens and the ramp comes out like multiple times, and I'm like, it does look pretty good for the time period. This it does was, look good. That's a really good practical yeah. like set effect. Um, uh-huh. And Gort... I like that they established that they couldn't find a seal when it was closed. Mm. It was good. Yeah, Gore on the other hand, I do think looks dated. Uh, a little bit. He looks a little bit like he's. <laughs> I don't know, puffed up like a, like a Michelin tire man. <laughs> it, it looks like you could poke him and it would like make an indent and it would you know puff mm-hmm. back out. Uh, and one... I know they said he was like eight feet tall, but like there was way. no sense of scale yeah. at all when you know even when the other guy comes out. Like you get a sense that Klaatu is very tall when he's amongst other people because he towers over everybody, and Gort towers over Klaatu. But in the beginning, like we have no sense of how tall anybody is. So that part kind of failed, I think. The one thing I do like about Gort, though, in terms of uh, a design element, is I do think his eye looks really good. The the effect yes. of the light coming through it actually looks really nice. Because I was expecting it just to be like a solid strip of light, which would have been fine. But it actually had this <laughs> this fun thing where it was like it was like filtering through something, so it had this shape to it, and it it looked like it had like it was working on something. Like a yeah, I think they even used that effect again in the remake. That's like red instead, because that's more ominous. <laughs> of course it is, yes. He has to be more of a Terminator <laughs> in the new one. Um, but, like, no, nah, like, I thought that was good. Uh, what's interesting, though, later on in the film, when he picks up, uh, was it Helen? Uh, we'll talk about the other characters in a minute, but he picks up Helen at one point, and obviously this suit, like, I don't think the arms... It's not meant for bending, no. Yeah. The, the arms, I don't even think the arms have someone in them. I think the person inside it, because obviously it's maybe bigger than normal people, I think the uh-huh, person inside like it, it isn't like the whole height and isn't got his arms in it. I think because the arms for the most part are just static. And yeah. later on, when he, at one point he picks Helen up towards the end of the film, you can actually see, at least in, in, on, the, on the HD now, you can see all the strings holding her up. It's not the robot that's I did her notice up. that, yeah, yeah. I watched the HD version too. Um, and I thought, <laughs> oh, that's funny. They, they didn't, you know, they had to like work around the fact that, oh, you can't actually put any weight on those arms because there's nothing in them. Yeah. And he looked very hollow when he had to bend yeah. <laughs> and everything kind of concaves a little bit. The suit's a little bit dated. And I didn't really like the diaper design that he had either. Yeah. It was too... But- bulky gumby uh, that, style that's when we talk about like this like the film holds up the the dated elements of these technical things where it's just no this was the practical yeah. kind of thing they could achieve at the time and... i also kind of hate that 
there's an alien spaceship with a robot that's super menacing that just destroys weapons by looking at them. And they put two guards. <laughs> just two. To watch it. Just, just two. two guards yeah. at the entrance to watch it. It was By scene the where... way, he it... there's a scene where he needs to escape and he bashes their heads together. Because assuming they're injured or knocked out or maybe dead. Who knows? And then what do they do the next time? They just put two more guards. They don't add like a whole army to watch him. <laughs> they just replace with two more guards. In the defense, the, the second time, they do put him in this cube thing that they think he can't get out of. They put him in this, like, plastic. Oh, I missed that. I mean, I saw the, the plastic thing melting, but I wasn't sure what that was. They explained it in one of the, the, the scenes with all the generals. Like, oh, we put him in this new plastic thing that's tougher than steel. Uh, <laughs> you can't get out of that, and he gets out of it easily. So, I, I don't want to defend it too much, but yeah, I mean, they did do something different, at least. Uh, it was the same I thought with the, uh, like, uh, just at the hospital, like, you know, like Klaatu escapes really easily. I'm like, you have one guard outside his door. That's all you have for this guy who's an alien mm-hmm. who's came down from. Like, like, I feel like there'd be a, like a circus around this guy. It's weird. Uh, you mentioned the heads getting clunked together from the from Gort. Uh, I did think it was weird how it cut away from that, as if it couldn't show you the actual impact. And I guess it's just maybe like they want it to be like a like suitable for everyone. So even that amount of mm-hmm. violence, but. Like by today's it's standards, like, it's like Three Stooges yeah. <laughs> violence, though, or like Marx Brothers violence. It's not. It's not really violence. Do I think it unless is. they're insinuate or like indicating that they died? And I then think maybe... they are. My speculation is, is they shot it, but because the robot's arms are so shit, it looked really bad. So they just cut away just to avoid that looking at it. it. Yeah. I, I honestly think it's just because it looked bad and they had to just cut around it. But it felt weird to cut because it didn't feel like a, like because a, it's it's fine when it's something like properly even though in like a horror movie you would see someone getting stabbed brutally it's fine in another movie when it cuts away because you, you're you're kind of trained to cut away for moments like that sometimes depending on the the thing you're watching um right. but this was like no even a cartoon would <laughs> show you this head bonk <laughs> yeah you know, it's a yeah. head bonk <laughs> that's what it is uh, but yeah, it's, it's uh, so yeah a lot of the film though once he gets out of the hospital Klaatu, is that he, he pretends to be this guy uh, was it crawford no carpenter it was carpenter Carpenter, yeah. And he, it he was st- on the suit that he stole, I think, from like a dry cleaner. And he stays I, at this um, uh, boarding house, maybe is the correct term. I think, I think so. Yeah. Um, this feels like a, bit, a bit old. Fa- it's kind of like roommates, but they're, they're, it's like they've got they all share like a kitchen and a, the you know the, and that kind of thing. It, it's almost like they're all just sharing one big house. They just happen to be renting a room, but it's not like a bed and breakfast because like the the mother and son are like living there permanently. So it's it's kind of like a weird mix of things i don't know i guess boardhouse is right yeah it doesn't seem like something that's around still but i don't know i've not encountered it anyway maybe you do get it someplace so but uh, and he befriends the kid and he you know goes around with the kid and it's almost like the kid doesn't have the cynicism so he but he bonds with him and he wants to show him things and tell him about you know the world and the universe mm-hmm. and how things work uh, i love the scene where he's like okay who's the smartest person you know or who's the best person he's like, oh you mean this physicist like he loves nearby and joe you know i like about this it's not so much that he is actually the smartest person on earth it's just the smartest person that the kid can think of so he'll right. do he'll do because he's close <laughs> so we'll go see him yeah uh, well i like to he goes who, who do you think the smartest person on earth is he's like the alien <laughs> clearly <laughs> he showed up in a spaceship right <laughs> like, you're quite right bobby you're quite right however who's the second on my good side <laughs> second smartest person <laughs> yeah but they, they go to the, the physicist's house and he, he starts like you know writing on the blackboard he starts writing you know finishing some some equations and mm-hmm. the the assistant comes in and kicks him out she's like she's going she's going to erase it 
And he's like, I wouldn't erase that if I were you, because you'll need that later. And she ever she didn't actually do it, but I was like, oh, this would have been interesting if she did. And like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just I feel like if you had to prove it some other way. But uh, and then he talks to the physicist and convinces him of stuff. And he's like, you're going to have to do some sort of demonstration to prove that, like, you mean business. Like, it's possible that you can do this. They need proof, essentially. They can't just take you at your word. Yeah. They so, need to have a threat that's that's very ominous and that will take him, that will cause people to take him seriously. Yeah. So he he basically gets Gort to turn off all of the electricity on the planet. Now, I want to give them credit here. Because I, I know where you're going, because I thought about it too. Yeah, there's a Airplane. montage of like you know people like you know <laughs> trying to start their boats and like people you know things aren't working and it's like people stuck in elevators. Of course, that's where you know Klaatu's with uh with Helen. Um, but halfway through this montage, I'm like, but what about people who are like in the middle of an operation at a hospital or mm-hmm. or planes or things that like are, will cause instant death? Like because this physicist specifically said like something that won't harm anyone, and. But to the credit, like there's a scene after this montage where the generals were like, you know, certain places still had electricity, hospitals still had electricity, mm-hmm. uh, you know, certain areas they needed yeah. them. And I was like, huh, they explained this. I, I honestly didn't think they would. I thought they would just gloss over this. I, I respect Me too. because yeah, I feel like I expect stuff from the fifties to just kind of like ah, I just didn't know it's fine. Just yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I agree. No, I I had the exact same thought and went when they when they acknowledged it i kind of went props good yeah. job i'm like <laughs> I, I, I could because in my head i'm thinking you know if you're worried about how he eats and sleeps and other science facts just re- just you know repeat to yourself it's just a show i should really just relax just a movie <laughs> um but yeah so we should, we should talk about helen and her boyfriend tom who wants to marry her yeah uh because he's kind of this was another very good character i thought like just an another example of cynicism go ahead sorry i cut you off i'm bad at that oh it's fine it's fine um you're here to interrupt me until i decide you're not and then you don't uh <laughs> <laughs> until i'm not invited back <laughs> <laughs> no I, like i i like this character as well i thought i wouldn't at first because i've seen this before i should mention i saw this like maybe 10 15 years ago but it's been a while um and i thought i wasn't gonna like him at first because he was like because he seemed fine at first Batman. <laughs> and then he immediately like the second time the second scene he's in he's immediately jealous of Klaatu he's like oh, I keep hearing about this carpenter all this Mr. Carpenter nonsense why, why, why do we keep talking about him and it, it, it goes from like zero to nothing and then afterwards he's he, he seemed better again it, it felt like he actually grew as a character but the neat mm-hmm. twist with him is that when he finds out because they, they, basically Bobby you know says what he saw because he follows Klaatu back to his ship at one point and says he gave him these diamonds and he goes to like you know a, a jeweler's to like get the diamonds appraised, and he's like, "Oh, this is nothing. This is not Earth material. This is nothing like on Earth." And he, you know, he basically between the story and the diamond proof, he's like, "Okay, this carpenter, he's the alien. He's the dude they're looking for," and he's going to phone the generals. And Helen at the same time has the scene in the elevator with Klaatu, where Klaatu admits to her who who he is, why he's here, mm-hmm. and explains why it's important. And he's kind of convinced her to a point. So she comes running over, and she tries to talk him out of it. And he basically says, because the, the, the line that really stuck out to me is she says, um, what about the rest of the world? And he says, I don't care about the rest of the world. This will make me a hero. Yeah. And, and I went... It was a different kind of low that you weren't really expecting. Yeah, it, it hit me in a way where I was like, he seemed like a little bit jealous in places, sure, but he seemed like a pretty upstanding guy for the most part. And then Agreed. it's like... And he wasn't, like, he got the diamonds and I thought, oh, he's going to sell those. He didn't. Like, he didn't sell the diamonds. Like, maybe he will yeah. now, but... 
um and I, I thought this was a really neat thing because he seemed like a normal enough guy but it turned out no he's still he's part of the problem <laughs> like he really yeah. is uh, and it shows you just how deeply ingrained this wrong way of thinking is in society it's, it's all about just him making things better for himself uh, and clearly that's not the philosophy of of Klaatu and you know uh, also Klaatu Barada Nikto Klaatu Barada Nikto did you just release something should I worry um <laughs> well like that's a Joel reference because you're you're reacting like that because of Ash versus Evil Dead <laughs> no, no no sorry not Ash vs Evil Dead Army no. of Darkness Evil Dead 3 thank you uh, Ash vs Evil Dead is a TV show that came later um but yeah, so, so uh, that, that's the thing he says. You have to say that to, if, if, if something happens to me, he says this to Helen, you have to go and tell that to Gort to sort of deactivate him so he won't like destroy the planet. Because <laughs> he will go yeah. on a rampage if I'm dead. Uh, so, so yeah, so she does. She, she kind of like runs off after Klaatu gets shot. And it's, you know, it's kind of this tragedy with this hopeful message at the end where you hope it takes, you hope it sticks. But because it doesn't actually, because it's not happening in real life yet, they don't give you the happy ending, and I think that's a really mm-hmm. neat trick. Yeah, uh, agreed, one hundred percent. Really, uh, I watched it and I couldn't believe that I had never seen it before, or even thought about watching it after I saw the remake. Like, yeah, uh, I think this movie will stick with me for a long time. It was great. It's fun. Yeah, I think it's fun it was a perfect movie to, for us to start with too. Yeah, had a good moral, good messaging, as good sci-fi tends to do. Now, obviously, we'll do a lot of sci-fi B-movies on this show as well, and I think a lot of the things, stuff in the 50s are really good movies that are fun, but don't necessarily have this level of subtext. I, mean, it's, I shouldn't even say subtext. It's not really subtext, because it's it's, it's not it's an hidden. allegory. Yeah, yeah. it's just a straight-up allegory. Straight yeah. 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 Um, But, like, this one, I think, holds very true. 70 years later, almost, and... It still feels just as relevant, I think, as it did at the time. Sure, it may not be the Cold War anymore, but just you know, there's still tension in yeah. every country. We, uh, we, I, I can't just go to North Korea and say hi. <laughs> nope, haven't figured that one out yet. Yeah, it's because the the leaders of both countries are too busy like having pissing contests on Twitter. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, imagine this movie with social media added in, though. Just imagine it. Uh, that, I think that, that too. We should have probably warned us about that. That's the real atomic energy I feel that like will I, destroy us. I feel like that's almost the one reason to re- maybe remake it, actually. I don't want a remake, but this, the argument for doing it would be the world's changed so much, there's all these other elements. Mm-hmm. You could incorporate that into it. Um, but I do think it's interesting that we don't even get to see the president come to see him. You'd think the president would want no. to speak to the alien, right? No, he sends like someone on behalf of him who also like just gives him translated letters between conversations between the president and Russia. It's so disconnected. Right. They don't even care. They don't even take it. Yeah. Seriously. Everything is like, they don't, <laughs> right. They don't even have the respect to like go see an alien species who came here to speak to their leaders. Like, uh, yeah, but probably very true. Yeah. But it is like, you know, all they care about is it a threat. Should we shoot it? That's the attitude. That's yeah. the reaction. So it's kind of a heartbreaking film in a lot of ways, but you know it holds up. It really does. Um, I mean, obviously the film and style uh, being from 1951 is is fairly simplistic. There's a couple of nice moments. I think that one of the only moments where it felt like it went into like a properly intense close up 
was when Gort was maybe going to attack Helen, you know, before she says Klaatu Baradaniktu. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, it's coming towards her. And it actually does this shot, like, really... Oh, I think it's a handheld shot right in her face. And it stuck out to me so much because I'm pretty sure there's not a single handheld shot for the rest of the movie. Like, it's all, you know, mm-hmm. tripod shots. I don't think there's any, very many, like, tracking shots. It's all left to right. It's all yeah. static. And which is fine. It's, it it's, it's a very down-to-earth movie in that sense. It did a very good job for that moment because that was the most horrifying moment or it wanted to be the most horrifying moment. So it made it more personal and like uh, to get her reaction up close. Yeah. I, I think we should also talk about the score, like the score with the theremins and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. was very, very good. Uh, I, I don't know. It was uh, it really stood out. And I think it kind of I don't really know what other sci fi movies came out before this other than the French one about going to the moon. <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot of sci-fi movies before this one yeah i guess but i think this one really set the standard of what a sci-fi movie is sure. it, and it doesn't overuse it though like like the theremin's really notable no. in the opening but it doesn't come in the back opening every five minutes you know it's, it's kind of it's sp- also showing like different planets like clearly map paintings of planets that mm. aren't in our solar system <laughs> um with the theremin it doesn't i don't remember seeing the spaceship travel through it um during that part but it, it it did this great thing also where it felt like it would end on a note where it felt like there should be another note after it to really close it. But it just kind of made you feel uneasy the way it ended. It's very good. Yeah, I think here that's very intentional and very worthwhile. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, the music's good. Uh, direction is solid, very very understated, but like in a way that works and. I think mm-hmm. I think that moment with Helen and Gort is is important because the idea that this thing does not discriminate, it doesn't care. Like at this point, yeah. it's basically because of the death of Klaatu, it's just said no. Humanity is a threat; they're all needed to be wiped out. There's no distinction in it. It's completely well. That's what he sets up at the end. He yeah. said the robots are our police. This yeah. is how we maintain peace. Because it doesn't discriminate, and much and like, like an atomic weapon doesn't. And it's all yeah, exactly. And it's almost like this. Yeah, it's a, it's a nuclear option. It is literally the nuclear option because you're just going you're yeah. going to nuke it from orbit. It's the only way to be sure. Like that. That's <laughs> that's what he's saying. He's saying that that is how other other planets will view Earth. This United Federation of Planets. Not to use the Star Trek terminology, but that's essentially what it is. They're talking about. Why not? Let's just get every reference <laughs> that we possibly can in. <laughs> but that's essentially what he's talking about, and I feel like. It's like that. That scene is basically like, okay. Here's why it's not a perfect system because we know she's on the level. We know she's agreeing with Klaatu. She's she's come round to his way of thinking, and mm-hmm. you know, that that you know, that that moment I was talking about with uh, Tom, where he says, oh, "I don't care about anyone else." The way she looks at him in that scene, maybe the best piece of acting in the yeah. movie. I love her just, reaction to that. She's horrified. She was great. Yeah, she yeah. was horrified, and it's just this is what humanity is. Yeah, uh, pretty pretty great <laughs> yeah but that, that, that's why the humanity has to make the right choice because otherwise innocent people like her will be that da- will be dead because we'll all have to be wiped out it's, you, 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 know, it's, you know everyone has to raise up everyone has to you know, raise the tide as it were um mm-hmm. so i didn't like the um scenes where they sped up the film it's the only thing I didn't really oh, like. Oh yeah, I noticed it's... that. Uh, it's, 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 it's when they all flee when he starts when the when Gort starts vaporizing weapons at the start, 
Uh, you yeah, see the crowd they like disperse. take out a frame or something yeah. so everybody moves like a cartoon. I'm like, why'd you do that? <laughs> yeah, why do you have to speed that up? It, it seems so unnecessary. If, yeah, it was one of those techniques that obviously died out and no one wants to use it anymore unless unless you can mm-hmm. do it on in a way that's not noticeable. Uh, because there was a shot in Speed, and I can't believe I'm bringing up Speed during this movie, but there was a shot in Speed where they had to drive the bus really slow for safety, but it's meant to be going fast, so they sped it up. So it's not noticeable, <laughs> but if you look in the background, you can just see some people in the background jittering about really quickly. But it's it's, it's like just you're not you're not focusing <laughs> on that though. But, but right, the point being is is that for the bus, it actually worked okay because it's not a person. Like a bus moving can work sped up. <laughs> sure. To make it look sure. faster. Yeah, like a model. Yeah. But not humans because <laughs> they do it also with vehicles in it and it's not as bad when they yeah. do it with vehicles but when they do it with a crowd of people like humans don't run at that speed no, it, <laughs> it just weird. looks like yeah. a cartoon but you're yeah. right it's just a it's an outdated technique that uh, that really goes away yeah um now that's that's a fair critique i think that's a fair i think you know gort suits aged a couple of fast shots like that for some reason the sped up shots um, and the two guards, <laughs> and the two, yeah, the weird, just, just some of the weird, like they would send more people to the the scene of the, the ship landing. They'd send more people to guard uh, him, more people. Oh to my guard god, they Gort. had so many army extras. Why not just use them? I know. <laughs> uh, that chase scene had so many of them. Yeah, I they love how we had, 19... had like the the extras, and they had the costumes. Just put them all on guard. <laughs> 1951, the way they track someone in a car is they have someone at every corner like saying, okay, he's passing this street, he's passing... And I'm like, yeah, these days you just slap a tracker on it. Like, you know, the, like yep. the first person who sees him get into the cab would just slap a tracker on it and we'd use sat-nav yeah, this, and that would be it. This is not a Jason Bourne movie. No, yeah. that, that, this is like, you know, it's a really laid-back chase scene of them just like, you know, every every checkpoint going, okay, he's passing fifth on Melview, he's passing this and that. <laughs> like, okay. Um... And I, I, and I guess I guess I'm making fun of it because it's probably like when they stop and he's saying to her, "Okay, you have to go and do this," and then he runs out. When he's actually running from them and he gets shot, that's a great scene. That's exciting. It's dramatic. I think the actual like scene of them following the car and just like saying where he's passing like every five seconds is probably a legitimately weaker scene. Like it's a legitimately boring chase scene. <laughs> if you mm-hmm. if you want to even call it that, it's not a chase scene. It's a surveillance scene, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it is. It's a little boring, and you know the characters in the car take a long time to figure out that they're being watched. Yeah, it, 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 <laughs> so I mean, as a, a result, we have to watch it, watch them figure it out slowly. It's, it's like a two-minute scene. It's not a big deal. It doesn't drag the movie down or anything. But it's you know, if we're, if we're, you know, if we're nitpicking, if we're going through it and critiquing things that are deserve to be critiqued, there you go. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's no bullet for a chase scene. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you were worried you were going to do something unprofessional. I just sneezed. <laughs> you can take that out if you want. You have control. Nah, that's fine. I don't mean to sneeze. I'm not embarrassed by a sneeze. Everyone sneezes. It's true. Everyone sneezes. It's fine. It's fine. Just and, don't do it two more times or the leprechaun will get you. And the the mic uh, is good enough to like not catch like farts. The fart, the, my, my ass is too far away from the mic to catch that. <laughs> so I can fart freely while recording and no one's the wiser. Are you keeping a tally of how many you do it for it? every episode <laughs> no maybe i should start though maybe I should start. <laughs> uh, there's been none this episode just for the record but uh i don't mind admitting that when they do happen <laughs> right, i'll update my excel spreadsheet for that <laughs> <laughs> atomic farts they are since we're on this show <laughs> uh 
All right. Hey, I think we're I think we're just about to wrap up our first episode. I think we. we did, I think so too. Did a good job. I, I don't think I have to say. Yeah, that's good. No, no. I mean, I think I think we we talked about uh, the, the the direction, the music, the the, the cast. They're all very good. Uh, but I think the, the main meat of it, and the meat of any sci-fi movie with a message behind it, is the deciphering the story and the symbolism throughout. Um, I mean, I, I guess um, if I'm going to not not critique so much, but just say, yeah, I mean, the scene where they go to see the big statue of Lincoln, right? And he's like, oh, he must have been a good man. He's like, oh yeah, he was the best. I'm like, okay, I get it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Bit, a bit, of patriot- bit, bit of patriotism, yeah. sure. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> I get it. I think, isn't there also a moment where he basically acknowledges that there is a god? He, oh, yeah, there, he, he says something I like, think I picked that up. Because Helen asks him a question and he says, oh, that's not for me to say, that's for the, the spirits beyond. But he doesn't say god, but he says something similar. It's yeah, like, I bet that was a Hollywood producer like, no, if you're going to have aliens in there, mm, god still exists. So I, put that in there. <laughs> yeah, I, I I feel like yeah, if this was made today, they wouldn't be forced to put that line in there. Yeah, I think that was put in there for a producer note. What's most funny <laughs> actually is that I think Hollywood's actually one of the most liberal like industries there is now. Mm-hmm. Not in the fifties. Not in the fifties, yeah, of course not. Um, things have changed a lot since the fifties, but like nowadays, like they are like Hollywood's the place that's you know not afraid to like say things like that and put in things that are challenging the the status quo yeah this is this is our the platform for you know our history for our culture that people will analyze in the future we want to you know make a good message Mm. yes there's a a space train in the distance there oh you could pick that up there's a space yeah the next space train yeah (sighs) missed my ride again dang it uh so um yeah i mean i mean like hell even even like superhero movies are doing it now uh and in theory always have but that, that's why people who are like oh these movies are all like politically correct in sgw because they have messages and i'm like movies have always had messages yeah <laughs> that's, that's what movies the are they, they have messages <laughs> that's the point they're supposed to be inspirational and to try and teach us morals and better ourselves and yada 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 uh <laughs> Well, I guess there are some movies that don't have messages, but I don't think we not we need to talk about them on this channel. <laughs> oh sure, yeah sure. Of course, I mean obviously there are like wafer thin movies that. Well, you guys review those on the Screams After Midnight. Oh yes, yes, we 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 definitely watch <laughs> movies on Screams After Midnight that have no like meaning beyond just there's blood and maybe some boobs and that's about it. Yeah. That's that's the whole thing, like. What's your film about? It's like, oh, it's about stabbings and boobs and uh, there's blood everywhere. And it's, yes. <laughs> I mean, maybe there's going to be some of those that come up here, but <laughs> oh, maybe they're not all going to be the the day the earth stood still. Yeah, of course, there's going to be some B movies. Um, and for the record, every so often on screens we do get a good horror movie that does have like a like a a good script with a meaning behind it, and and you know, dare I say that word subtext. <laughs> Love a good bit of subtext. Uh, so that that is uh, uh, that is that is the day. Are still? We should rate the film though before we go. So Tara, what are you giving Day Day Are Still? Okay. On a scale I of, I didn't... I'm kidding. One one out of ten. So out of ten. Out of ten. Okay. I was going to be facetious there and like give you some sort of weird scale to work to, but that's fine. <laughs> Just to be a dick. All right. For scale of one to ten. 
I think and you can do point five this was, should you wish. Okay, I think this was a really great movie to do for our first episode because it really is sci-fi done right. You know, it's an allegory, and even though it was made seventy years ago, it's surprisingly holds up so well and is still as relevant. And I, I don't know. I know I have complaints about the costume and um, <laughs> the ridiculousness of just posting two guards. And yeah, the strings when he picks her up. But I think those are kind of, you know, they don't take away from the message of the movie, which is really, really well done, like incredibly executed. And I think it's, uh, it's not always going to be like this. But I think this is a ten out of ten. Oh, I knew this is ten. I was like, that's just going too long. She's 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 justifying. She's like, I know I, I had have these to, complaints. I know you're gonna, yeah. I, I know she. I know. I know. I know. I had these complaints. As soon as you said that, I'm like, she's gonna give this a ten. She's she's trying yeah. to justify it with, despite the fact that she had complaints. This is a ten out of ten. I think I think it's a ten. I think there's a reason this movie is a classic, and mm. I can't believe that I haven't seen it before. And you know. It really makes the remake look bad because this movie is great. Oh yeah, and remake. I do not remember watching that remake at all. Nah, re- remake from <laughs> I don't really remember it either. I just remember thinking it was bad. <laughs> That's all I remember. Yep. Uh, yes. So now I am going to look like the cynical, uh, negative person. When you can I... be the uh, insurance salesman boyfriend of the how, Ace podcast. How dare you? Um, <laughs> I am going to give it the exceptional score of a 9 out of 10, which I think is very positive. I don't want anyone... I feel like I feel like Tara's going to upset the scales here because no. you're going to... I think that's an exception. You, you, I, I really do. I don't know. I, I feel like you're going to be whipping at those 10s. Mm-mm. I think this is a 10 out of 10, and I don't think the complaints that I have are enough to bring it down because the movie is effective in its message, it's engaging. It's the right length. It's, I think it's perfect, and I I like the little, I, I you know it's kind of charming that it has a little bit of strings that you can see when he picks her up, or that the robot looks like he's wearing a metal diaper. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know, uh, it has everything I want from a science fiction movie from the fifties, and it, it just happens to be excellent. It's All great. Right. Uh, now nine out of ten for me uh, is it's an amazing movie. Uh, but I'm not willing to give it the the coveted uh, ten, which to, just just uh, because this is the first episode we've done, uh, and if you've not encountered any of our other shows on Mail Fuzz TV uh, or any of the other podcast feeds, I think it's worth mentioning just how I operate in my ratings because I I take my ratings very seriously for some reason I don't know why I care, but I do. So to me, there's no such thing as a perfect movie, right? People can claim there is, there isn't, right? Even the very best of the best can have a flaw. There's no, objectively, I don't know. I know you've watched The Invisible Maniac. <laughs> ten out of ten. Oh, that, that is a ten out of ten, baby. But, <laughs> but like, to me, a ten is just like saying no. This this is a this is like one of my personal favorite films, which is why to me, like, I have maybe like twenty films that are a ten out of ten, and that's it. Like, and that's not to say that not more don't get added over time because they do, but like, it's coveted. Like, if I give a ten. I want it to be like, you know what I mean, business, right? <laughs> uh, so, 9 out of 10, amazing. Okay. It is great. I will, I will is... defend my 10 oh, for for eternity. I think it, it has made my list. Made your list? That's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, made my list of personal 10s, which, by the way, I don't have that many. 
Oh, we'll find out. Mm-hmm. I bet I can name like five of them right now. I'm not going to. I'm not going to on, on show. I'll do it off, off air. I don't want to spoil oh, your thoughts on movies. But, All right. Uh, nah, right. Nine is amazing. Some of them. Eight is great. Seven is good. Six is okay. Five is mediocre. Four's bad. Three's is terrible. Two is absolute garbage. One is, oh my god, how does this exist? It is a complete piece of shit, like, with nothing going right. And then I actually have given, like, one or two movies a zero, which I didn't think I would do at one point in my life. But then I saw Scary Movie 5, and I was like, no, it's a zero out of ten. I can't give it anything. It's a complete waste of time Ooh. and space. <laughs> there is nothing about that that I can give anything to. Um... Even even Birdemic, I gave a one because you know what he really cared. The person making this cared about this. As terrible as oh, it is. Oh come on! Enjoyment factor alone has to be a five. I can't. It doesn't even have sound mixing. I can't give a movie that I... doesn't have sound mixing anything other than a one. <laughs> I've only watched the the riff tracks version of Birdemic to be honest. So I had three of the funniest people on, on earth making fun of the movie the entire time I watched mm. it. So. That makes it like a six out of ten for sure. Yeah, I've seen it. I've seen it. You know, vanilla twice. So I'm a veteran. <laughs> I've seen the room like four times because just through showing people. I'm oh like, yeah, you have to. You have to share that. You got to see the room. You got to watch this. And now I'll also add Invisible Maniac in the pit to that list. So uh, of movies you have to show people because of that delightfully bad uh, but okay. this is not this is not a bad movie podcast this is a, a science fiction movie podcast some will be good some will be bad <laughs> there's going to be some there's going to be some bad movies on this there's going to be some it stinkers. is science fiction <laughs> there's going to be some stinkers and we're going to wade through it and we're going to do a mix of old and new we start with the classics we wanted to uh, but we'll see you next week this is a weekly show uh, for the next movie so uh, thank you very much for joining us uh, let us know if you've seen Day the Earth still let us know in the comments what you think of it and you can like and subscribe and all the usual stuff that helps us out on YouTube uh, or rate us on your podcast app all these things are very useful and help us find new audience members and if you enjoy the show uh, please do uh, you can also of course support us financially by going over to patreon.com slash TV where you can support us for as little as a dollar per month and you get some exclusives you get some stuff early these ace uh, episodes these uh, atomic cinema experiment episodes will be a week early for patrons so if you're watching this as soon as it goes up on patreon you're actually seeing it a week before anyone else does you know it exists before anyone else does isn't that exciting you're, you're here early congratulations you're in the beta phase of the the experiment there you go be nice I'm, I'm, I'm trying to use all, all this fancy like science terminology to make it sound like in theme with the show yeah <laughs> the whole thing beta just sounds like you're a gamer fine i mean i am but you know uh <laughs> do you know those people who say beta? beta yeah not beta they well, say beta they're clearly wrong they are wrong they're, they're, they're unbelievably mm-hmm. wrong they're, they're, they're the scum of humanity uh this is exactly what mm-hmm. klatu was warning us about is these types of people how dare they <laughs> also for the record people who zoom in on their tvs to get rid of black bars you also discover humanity stop that right now uh <laughs> I'm not having it. Original aspect ratios. In fact, one of the things you can get on Patreon is just about the end of last year, me and Cara did an episode of 121 Extra, which is a movie discussion show. We alternate monthly with Almost Cancelled Extra. You get them for $1, $1 tier on Patreon. We had a two-hour episode where I I, I basically gave a lesson 
in aspect ratios and what the differences were between aspect ratios, why they pick different aspect ratios, what they mean, how they function on modern technology. It was, it was, I took you to school and I recommend going and visiting that lesson. Okay. Her Is fa- it anything like the PSA that uh, Tom Cruise did? <laughs> Better. Okay. I, 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 we had way more sex appeal. Uh, so, <laughs> go... <laughs> Two hours of fun. I actually think it was a very informative discussion, but I mean, you know, everyone likes to make fun of me when I start talking about aspect ratios, but I do actually really care, and I think it's... You know, hey, you're clearly passionate about it. Yeah, it's, it's one of the fundamental things. The shape of the screen is important. The, sh- the shape of your canvas as an artist is important. You know, the, uh, composition is a is a really important factor in anything. You wouldn't buy the Mona Lisa and then like chop off the top and bottom to make it fit your frame. No, you you have it in its no. original form because that's what the artist intended. Anyway, uh, so you could go do that. Um, and uh, there might be Patreon perks coming up actually uh, related to this show. Uh, me and Tara are going to talk about those and see what we might want to offer uh, for for patrons. Uh, whether that means uh, voted for episodes or exclusive episodes or or whatever. Uh, we'll see what we can do, but uh, keep keep tuned for that. But uh, yeah, thank you very much. Hopefully, you had fun with this first episode. Tower, do you think this went okay? I think so. Are you ter- Am I invited back? You are invited back. Are you terrified that you okay. now have both a movie series and a TV series on this crazy I know. outfit? I'm catching up to you. Yeah, I'm up. <laughs> yes. Uh, so we'll be back next week with another movie, um, one that's a bit newer, not new but new air uh so look forward to that we'll see you then keep watching science fiction movies and computer at salsa <laughs>